0: Welcome to the Cybersecurity and Cloud Podcast, where we hear the stories of information security professionals. This podcast explores different angles, out-of-the-box ideas, and the human element of cybersecurity. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcast and supporting us at www.patreon.com forward slash CSCP so we can continue to bring on amazing guests. You can watch videos of the interviews at www.cybercloudpodcast.com. Hey
1: everyone, welcome back. This is the second part of the interview with Jermaine. We keep on exploring the risk meetup, the banking, and the other approach and initiative down from Asia Pacific. If you haven't listened to the first part, I encourage you guys to go and enjoy and listen to the first part, because it gives you a better the context about Asia Pacific and Chamane. Nonetheless, this episode can be enjoyed like this. So I really hope you enjoy. And again, thank you for listening in.
2: I started initially when I was um when I was actually quite new to the industry. Or rather I was really keen to just learn as much as mm-hmm. I can from different um, you know, people. And I realized that there are a lot of speakers out there that but at the C level, maybe I feel they're not very comfortable with sharing like mm-hmm. real practical um experiences because of, of what you mentioned earlier, right? Because they're conscious they're representing their company and their organization. And the brand. Exactly. So they don't feel very comfortable to be able to share that personal opinion. And they have to go through a lot of whoops in order to get approvals. Yeah,
3: I have my PR team screening every, <laughs> every single thing that I say and and, view and review and approve. So I feel oh, that wow.
2: way okay wow but you managed to do a lot of um <laughs> things even with yes. your yeah. so that's good yeah um so what i would um find is that they, they it's quite difficult for them to be able to speak freely in a public setting so that's that's how i got the idea that hey the cyber risk meetup is not an official platform it's not like um and we're not meant to compete it's not with the public other- yeah, so we are not competing with ISACA or um, or in Australia, we have the ASA or ISE Square. Rather, we are there mm-hmm. to really complement what they're doing. So I'm trying to find that gap where um, I can still build a community and allow the community to hear directly from the sea level but it's not an official platform. So very, that was...
3: That's, that's very interesting approach.
2: Yeah, so actually, it turned I well, it was just started off as an idea and I didn't expect it to take off so well. Like the very first session we had in Sydney, uh, we had like, it was full house. I think we had about 100 people turned up. Wow. And then uh, from then on, it was history because we only run it once every three months.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, in Sydney now, like more than 250 people would try to register and I just don't have space. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so, yeah, it would be like, um, yeah. So um, what happens is that we will have like um, a panel session and we have, mm-hmm. we had one session where it's, um, you know, like where would the C- um, CISO report into? And then we have a CTO, a CRO, a, a CIO, and a CISO, you know, like debating over this mm-hmm. topic. So that was quite interesting. Um, and then have, when GDPR came out and stuff like that, of we course. had like, yeah, I had like a, you know, law partner debating with another one on on like the privacy laws and we, we, um, so it was quite an interesting format. Like I try to follow like TED Talk styles, um, mm-hmm. and usually have like not just panel segments, but you know short TED talks, like fifteen to twenty minutes. Um, and then you know the speakers are encouraged to deliver it in a really engaging way. And and um, the good thing is that they were able to share real things, um, like mm-hmm. about maybe certain breaches that happened in their organization, even. Um, because it's a shut house rule environment. So that gave them the assurance as well. And and I guess that's where people benefit most, because you you get to hear the real things rather than just the, you know, fluffy sort of... Fluffy talk.
3: Yeah, no, it's, it's yeah. a real thing. And I think, and I, think uh, I see that a lot in, in UK, that there are a lot of conferences coming up in the but where I see the real value of myself and my peers smaller events more targeted so mm-hmm. actually on the topic i'm I'm spinning up a similar forum but just for financial indices that among a number of banks we can actually talk and share uh information oh, and that's yeah. coming probably towards the end of the year or, or beginning of next year and i'm probably oh, going to follow the same fun. format your same format mm, so
2: okay, happy, yeah. happy,
3: happy to share happy to share idea what works and what doesn't work
2: Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, looking forward to hearing more about yours too. <laughs> yeah,
3: you so...
2: It yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, who knows, right? Because, like, we started out in Sydney, and then now it's in, like, Melbourne, in Perth, in Brisbane, and it's in Singapore. And who knows, you might be able to run one for <laughs> us in the <laughs> UK. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, you never
1: know.
3: Actually, one, one question... One question that I can reconnect to another question that, that I have is uh, How strong is the market in Australia from Yanis? And how do you address the cybersecurity gap? Mm. And actually, if I can layer on a third question, how much yeah. is the diversity on uh, in Australia? Ah, because there's that, that's that's a the big, question. big, big challenging topic here.
2: Mm. Um, Okay, so back to the first question. How strong is the security market? Um, I'm not really sure if in comparison with the UK. uh, What I can compare is maybe Australia with um, other parts of Asia. Mm -hmm. So Australia is quite fairly advanced, I would say, um, comparing to to other parts. (laughs) I don't really want to name the countries, I feel a bit bad. Cup yeah, so like uh, maybe 10 years ahead um, in some ways. Um in terms of skilled people, uh it's a common struggle. Like we like uh, over the years, I have, I was just talking to Francesco earlier, right? In terms of how like, I've seen a shift in the mindset mm-hmm. of hiring managers where they have started to realize that they're not it's not just about poaching experienced people from a, another company, but really the importance. Uh, of being forward thinking and investing in developing new talent, whether is it from like the fresh graduates or or people who are looking to change industries. So with that shift of the mindset, which, which only happened really recently about probably the last one year in itself. Um, and that's where we have seen a growth in, in more highly skilled security people. Uh, even like for our own company is really, we are quite a small um, and specialized company, but we have also taken... Uh, part of this accelerator program where we look at, you know, getting fresh grads and then we park like a senior penetration tester together with this fresh grad and they will just mentor them um, and help get them up to speed and do that knowledge transfer. So um, yeah, things like that does really help, but it's, yeah, it's hard to keep up because, you know, the, the, like, it's already all the time. You know, yeah the landscape is evolving so we find that um you know we are still always in a position where it's it's not enough like you can't find yeah good people uh we have seen like people also moving across countries so mm-hmm. people from the uk actually have moved to the to australia i find a lot of people from australia have to move to like singapore and hong kong so that's a oh, lot okay. of uh yeah so it's from there that's where you get the knowledge transfer across countries as well which is yeah
3: interesting thing too. and i think what i struggle with because i moved to three or four countries as well um regulation is is challenging because you need to get up to speed and if we take the example of europe uk has a different regulation completely different regulation from germany from france and italy so right. even even if you move even if you move slightly around you get massive yeah, shift in regulation
1: bit, yeah,
3: yeah, so yeah. I think I think if cuffs. you're in risk risk and compliance or governance, that, that's your challenge and, and the other value is actually to get that expertise on that specific country,
2: mm. Yeah. So at the end of the day, also it depends on like, you know, your ability to learn, right? And how adaptable you are. So there are certain qualities that, that hiring managers have learned to focus on and not just on, you know, the basic technical skills.
1: So, yeah. Actually
3: on that subject, so I think if we summarize how to address that, that, the. the, the technical gap or the or the skill shortage is is mentoring and uh, upskilling your your grads or people that are in the industry that maybe are not identified as cyber and maybe get get clarity on what a hacker mindset is and it's not just oh, I break into stuff, but I question stuff mm, yeah so I think that's that, that's to summarize your point but um on on that subject oh, maybe you mentioned
0: about diversity right.
3: Yeah, exactly. So the last point that is very, very close to me is like, how do you address diversity? How do you get more, more women involved in in, in this stuff?
2: Yeah. So um, I would say, is
3: it, is, let me ask you a question that maybe is is a little bit different. Is it too male driven industry? How do we make it attractive for? Is the engineering? Where are we getting it wrong? put it this way
2: i don't think it's a case where people are getting it wrong but it's i believe it's really just awareness Mm. um so there are a lot of positive examples where i've seen um like okay so let me just give you an example so i invited (laughs) one of (laughs) this um um what do i call it Someone that I know um, <laughs> He's a like, security manager of this um, client, right? So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I know there's this event happening and it's something organized by the Australian women in security. So I invited him to come along. And when he came and he saw how many, like, I think the room was filled with women. He was mm-hmm. quite taken aback. And um, he l- later on told me that actually it feels a bit strange, like being in a room <laughs> full of <laughs> women. About driver. <laughs> exactly and he felt like the tables were turned um and he said "Wow, well, I've never thought about it but you know this is how my my team members were like you know would actually be feeling because all, all along they have been working in you know a more male dominated sort of a,
1: mm. um,
2: environment so it got him to start thinking and and he's a good person right it's just that he was not aware of like maybe certain um the culture that his team had, and he he started to think about how he could make it more um um how do I put it more open um, yeah more open and more supportive to encourage more women to actually mm.
1: you
2: know want to Get be involved. part of this yeah exactly so it's it's just really um I guess getting them to start thinking but when they are aware I've seen a lot of cases where they have been a fantastic ally and they have you know supported women vocally they have actually given them opportunities, directed them opportunities, they saw the potential in them. And, you know, there's this statistics, I don't know if you've heard about it, but um, when it comes to people applying to jobs, mm-hmm. <laughs> apparently like how, um, when, you know, guys, when you look at your job descriptions and the requirements and you know maybe if you meet some of it you're like yeah i can still go for it and you just apply <laughs> <laughs> because there's a lot of confidence that you guys have right yeah uh, but there's some women um when they looked at it um they tend to i think there was a about like 90 over percent of them yeah if they even they meet most of the requirements and if they don't meet one or two the they question would just, themselves. yeah maybe i'll wait till i'm, I'm you know there before i apply so it's just a bit um different in terms of the way they are wired and the way they apply the jobs. Also, the jobs descriptions are written mm-hmm. sometimes by mainly men. So the languages um that they write on the JD is a bit um maybe more focused on the technical aspects rather than focused on um maybe like the culture or on the leadership. And these are things that maybe the women look for. So these are just some examples um that have been shared.
1: Before. Hey, Francesco here. A very quick message from our sponsor and then we'll return back.
0: This podcast is brought to you by the generosity of NSC42 Limited, your cybersecurity partner. Cybersecurity is complex and different for every organization, and you need the best tailored service to make sure your customer's data is safe and sound so you can focus on what's important, focusing on your clients, and bringing the best and safest experience nsc42 limited can help you during your cloud transformation cybersecurity assessment for your compliance checklist on premise and on the cloud want to know more visit www.nsc42.co.uk to get your free quote
2: yeah i saw some comments coming in just trying to be yeah so
3: yeah no i think ivano ivano participated in the discussion so we had it's, it's a little bit challenging talking about this topic, but I'm going to bring it up uh, either way. So we were, um, just to give you an example on, on how challenging the view is and how different mm-hmm. people in the industry see it. So I was, as I said, we, we were hosting the Cloud Security Alliance one and I reached out to a number of, uh, I reached to Jane, to a number of sponsors like Jessica Parker, Chani. So, uh, People that that know me, they know me very well, and they're supportive, and they know that I support cybersecurity, woman for cyber. And I was saying my my conference is to be half female, and I got some of the speaker that I, I talked to and say, why do you give me the spot just because I'm a female? It's like I'm not. I'm just giving you the spot because I respect you. And I think Are you, you have something to add, and you're a female, yeah. lead. so I just. It just, I got that that backfire on me, right. and and then the other thing is like, uh, we got a couple where well, we got Magda that couldn't come, unfortunately. And oh,
2: Magda, Charlie.
3: Yeah, uh, she was okay. supposed to, yeah, to be her. to open to open the conference, but unfortunately, we couldn't find uh, enough sponsor to sponsor her trip.
1: Ah, oh, right.
3: And Chani Chani had um, uh, her own uh, issue, family issue. So we had to replace two speakers in a, in a very short time and we tried to involve uh the number of groups and it it it, it was massive backfire so some groups said you you're cooperating with that groups so or not getting involved oh, or some other group okay. is like why are you putting so much pressure on women now they had to join at the very last minute." It's like it's oh, i mean it is, ivano yeah. ivano ivano has seen the whole infosec drama going on it's been it's been I tried going on, I mean, if you look at my yes. data, I tried going on for a week, but it's
2: challenging. Oh, right. Okay. Actually, it's not something unique to well countries. I have seen this happen. Um, and you're right. Like there are, there are two extremes. So there are... Um, yeah, so basically what I'm trying to say is that at the end of the day, um, it's about being positive in how we go about to encourage diversity rather Mm. than putting people down, um, for putting them down for doing it the wrong way or anything like that, because we look at the intentions, right? Um, it is true that that at the end of the day, people want to be recognized for their talent and for their experience, which is why they're invited to speak, not because of their gender of whether male or female. Yeah, exactly. You
3: had to sponsor it. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah.
2: Oh, no, I just wanted to say, like, there are cases, like, initially, I think I've seen where people have uh, maybe not done it wrong, but, like, they started out where they have lots of um women on a panel mm-hmm. talking about diversity, but actually, my belief that it should be a diverse panel talking about real cybersecurity issues rather than talking about diversity, you know, because um that itself it- is like action speaks louder than words, right? That really a, is recognizing a diverse background and recognizing them for their value of what they can, um, you know, um, share with the people of the industry based on their experience.
1: So I think that's lot, probably a I yeah, love another
3: point. is mm-hmm. we, we haven't seen a lot of people of color in the industry. So, uh, at least yeah. from my perspective, here is, is here in US is very white male dominated industry. And mm-hmm. on the on specific this topic, uh in next to July I'm gonna speak to um women in cyber forum uh of colour. So how to get them up to speed in the industry because I think it's something that's gonna come and
2: I think it's not just uh, women of colour, like I think across, right? We wanna see more Yeah, um,
3: people of colour in general. But I just I have a very good friend of mine that is one of yeah. the community group, Belinda, that got in, got me involved in that. So I, I try to oh, be as awesome. supportive as possible. Yeah. All the gender, all the colours, all the flags.
2: <laughs> like everyone <laughs> basically. Yeah, but that's a good point because <laughs> I have a like colleague and a good friend um from South Africa actually and she was sharing with me like, hey, we should have uh like put this as part of cyber risk meetup, you know, where we have like different panels from different countries mm-hmm. and different and backgrounds and, and just sharing their perspective of, you know, not just challenges that they're facing in cybersecurity, but even like real challenges in that work culture and how mm. if they're facing any i don't know maybe difficulty or discrimination or anything but how they're going about it um so it's just creating more of that awareness as well so that was something interesting and um was working with her to try and yeah do something like that
3: a multi a multicultural, multi-country panel that i like <laughs> <laughs> Time zone wise might be challenging so we might just find each other just available for 1 hour a day. But I think we can make it work. I think we can make it work. So I'm happy to support that as well.
2: Yeah. Oh, I'm sure we can find like them in the same country so there will be lots we just have to find. them.
3: So let me uh, uh, so Yanis ask another question. Any recommendation for platform or website that can register or companies or profile and provide consultancy from remote? So how how does actually on, on top of that question, how does the whole remote working from remote works in, in Australia? How's the market and how are people open to it? Uh employer open uh, to it from right. your perspective?
2: Um I have seen like some people from like Israel or from other from the UK, um, they've offered their services in Australia and in Asia. Mm-hmm. I think in Singapore it's it's very um it's like known as a financial hub in Southeast Asia. So they're really welcoming to, to people from different um, countries. Um, so they, I think that would be a good platform to start off with. Um, in terms of projects, I have seen, yeah, I would say they're fairly open. Um, however, when it comes to like government projects, then they're really strict because they will look at, you know, government clearance and, and all that, which might be a bit tricky to get if you're doing that from um, other countries. I hope that answers your question.
3: Yeah, it no does. And another I was asking about
2: websites as well. So maybe you can yeah. check like Austrade or ICE71, which are big in, well, Austrade is more for Australia and ICE71 is more for Singapore where they look at encouraging um, companies to, they're trying to build an ecosystem. But I think you have to partner with a local like citizen in Singapore or something to, to do that. And, and bring
3: it together so yeah i mean if you have more questions you can chat with me later on <laughs> yeah no if if you can share the, the website with me i'll, I'll make I'll, I'll make sure they are in the description and um so that are available for everybody and i'll uh, ping them around also to the community mm-hmm. and uh there is another question how much awareness recognition there is in australia regarding crest
2: Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, so there is um OSCP. Um that's probably seen as like the first step. And then mm-hmm. there's CREST, like CCT, okay. CRT. So that's really popular uh and very recognized.
3: Oh that's nice. And then uh course, that the same thing uh, okay <laughs> uh, Yeah, no, they are.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah, they are. They are they're pretty well recognized. Um, actually, yeah, Ivano asked and has to ask, do you know, <laughs> what's your stance <statement laughs> on the debacle about Tori Hunt?
2: Tori Hunt?
3: Yeah, the yes. whole story about, uh, have I been pawned? Yeah, getting sold.
1: Oh, they asked
2: did I follow it. Uh, I'm not sure if I have got the latest update, so, and I think he wanted to add a couple of things. So, yeah, Ivano, you can go ahead and add a couple of things. <laughs>
4: Yeah, no, I think. Uh, Sorry, sorry to interrupt. I'll uh, leave a couple of seconds to edit my intervention out. Troy Hunt <laughs> was criticised because he didn't want to be hated uh, from uh, the people uh, who didn't like um, diversity and integration in Infosec, and the diversity group. He was try. He would have tried to help. So, in uh, in a Twitter post, basically, he said something like. It's always about gender. There, is always, uh, there are always things that blow up. So I don't want to partake in this debate. And instead, I'm going to spend time with my daughter, and I will teach her how to uh, oh. program. And, of course, the very diverse people who happens to be also the more hateful for some reason because everybody likes to be unhappy on the internet, they start <laughs> criticizing because he's a man, he's a white man, he's, a, he's privileged, he's in a position where he could have a father, but hey, fuck it, he doesn't want to step into the debate. And he has an obligation of stepping into the debate because he's in a position where he could have. I don't think
3: he is. I think he made, from my perspective, he made a good stance, like, uh, instead of talking about stuff, because I've seen a lot of talking about diversity, and from my perspective, I don't want to talk about stuff. I just want to do stuff. And even if you do, just I mean, you're a single individual. Even if you do a small contribution, that's going to add something to the to the cause. If you if you just talk about stuff, then you're spending most of the time talking about stuff. I rather I rather spend time doing stuff. And and I think his position is. It was good. It's like I'm gonna teach my daughter how to code, and that's it. That's my stand on it.
4: Yeah, but that was a statement I, in itself. I, I do agree, but see, since people want to <clears throat> want to hate on other people for some reason, um, I saw a number of Twitter um, posts where, um, um, let's say, women and feminists and diverse groups in general. They were basically saying, "Oh, there are people in this industry, and they prefer to focus on uh, uh, the next generation me, without uh, thinking about uh, they they need to do more." Let me,
3: let me tell. Let me. But, but, let but me without say without
4: including him in the tweets, so it's like they were talking on on his back for uh, for not doing enough. So whatever you do, you're you're wrong. That's the point. Uh, that that's with
3: that's Twitter 101. But if if I can quote a good historical figure that I love, Machiavelli. Regardless, if somebody talks better or worse than you, it's still good marketing. They still talk about you. So it, there, are, there is some uh, war flame and, and infosec drama that actually makes some more advertising. And I can I can quote two or three cases where people got like massive followership uh, of hater and and lovers. But honestly, it's like I, I like his stand, and I think he did a good move. And He's quite popular. I mean, he came and and uh, he won, I think, the SC Awards here in in UK. So he came around, and I couldn't meet him because I was like too too busy on, on work stuff. But yeah, I I, um... it
1: did get.
3: I would say it did get that that that's all yeah. I'm 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 saying. Charmaine, what's your view on it?
2: Um, so, my yeah, my perspective is that at the end of the day, everyone will have, you know, their entitled to their own opinion. So, it's a shame if there's a lot of hate going on because, you know, at the end of the day, we should be focusing on, on something like empowering people. And, and yes, not just on the next generation, but also educating the current generation and the generation before uh, previously. So, um, at the end of the day, like, yes, we need to make our stance and be clear about maybe what's our perspective and our view, we can do that, but if it's just getting lost in all the hate, then the next step to do is set the example and and make a difference in your own actions. And how you do it is how you interpret it, um, you know, accordingly. So maybe for him, it's to focus on his daughter and stuff. But for the rest of us, it could be, uh, you know, like um, you know, different initiatives that we want to do to to help um, change, uh, raise more awareness in, in a positive way. So yeah, that's. My my
3: take on that. Cool. Any other question from the floor? Ivano, Yanis. Um,
4: I, I will say, every time I read books or I read blog posts about how to make it into InfoSec, there is always one piece missing, which is you need to find a hiring manager who is not a complete tool. So, who understands? <laughs> so, uh, let me rephrase it in case you want to edit. <laughs> one of the things that uh, I always, sorry, when I read books and when I read blogs about how to break into information security, there is always one piece missing, which is that you need to find a hiring manager who wants to give you a chance. Mm. Yeah. So um, somebody okay. who, who can understand that people um, who, who, who like information security and cybersecurity are people who like to learn every single day. Um, so, uh, if you are applying for a job, then they need you to learn a specific antivirus, for instance. And this tool takes 40 minutes to learn. Um, it, it is not uncommon to find a hiring manager that is going to say, "Oh no, you don't know this tool, so I cannot hire you." So we need to.
2: Yeah, f- to I've seen quite a lot of that. I agree. Yeah.
4: We we need to find hiring managers who, who yeah. actually are not afraid of taking of taking a risk and hire you. Because you can actually grow and do much more. But I, I don't, don't, see, I, don't I, this, think, so I don't see this in books, I don't see this in blog posts.
3: No, and maybe maybe I'll write something about it because one of the first books uh, that I'm gonna write is actually how to break into infosec and then how to go to the diverse part. And people need to understand that fundamentally when we try to push and say people at the very beginning of their career they're in InfoSec. I started my career in InfoSec, but I started from network and operating system. And and so so I grew my stack of knowledge and then I jumped into InfoSec because we keep on forgetting that InfoSec. is just doing things right. That's fundamentally it. It's not just hacking. It's just knowing how to do things right and then how to break it. That's the second element of it. And, and from a hiring manager perspective, I think it's always challenging to balance the view of, I have a team and I have experts in my team and then I have grads and then I need to balance that eye So I need people but, but I agree with you, partially, with Ivano, that you need more courage around the industry, especially from hiring manager, to to relate to that, to relate to the fact that it's an ever changing industry. So you can't hire people that actually know everything. Otherwise, you're gonna try to find the
2: unicorn. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Totally agree with you both. Um, I've seen a lot of my days where it's a bit frustrating, like talking to to them because they want ready-made people. Um, they want people who take all of their boxes. And a lot of times they don't, you don't really have an exact understanding of what you really need, right? They think they need this, but, and then they're looking for, you know, this sort of people, but they don't exist or they're not actually the right fit for, for what they really need. So, and I've seen so many times where some of the brightest people, are the ones mm-hmm. that are the most hungry, the ones that could have been the least experienced, but they they are just very driven, um, and they are great in thinking in a very creative way. So um and they are quite different in, in their perspective and, and and things like that. And this ends up to be one of the you know best hires for, for the team. So, um in this industry, it's about really being open to know that you can get really good people from all sorts of background, and as you said, you know, being able to take that risk, but also seeing that potential and and saying, yes, you're going to help them get to that, that level. So uh, we do need more people to start changing their mindset and and i guess you know as we keep speaking about it uh we keep spreading the awareness in this area <laughs> um, hopefully
3: hopefully yeah
2: but um so, i've seen also hiring managers just sharing this with each other and and they've started to come around uh, because they've seen the benefits of it themselves
3: so actually on that subject i'm um, i'm um, um, uh, spinning up a panel with uh, ben and infosec people here recruitment that is actually getting better into into knowing infosec and we we're just gonna we're just gonna have some some of this discussion around why is it so challenging to recruit for this industry because partially mm-hmm. also the hiring manager have incredibly high expectation for incredibly low salary and they don't extend their mindset on 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 other <laughs> stuff so it needs to be it needs to be addressed but it's also maybe conference, maybe forum. I don't have a solution for that. So maybe it's just a cultural shift. It's just a cultural change and it's going to take time. So in the interest of time, uh, we need to wrap up. So Shemin, can I ask to leave us with a positive message and three key things that you got from from your size of interview, so three things that um, not shocked you but left you with with a mark or le- left an impression on your, on your interview, on your books.
2: Oh wow. Um that's a big question. You threw in a lot of questions <laughs> in that one.
3: <laughs> two, two, two questions. One positive message for the industry and um uh, maybe one one big thing that uh that shocked you while you talked to us. So one thing that left an impression on you while having your interviews for the book.
2: Okay. Um so maybe one positive message is that I would say we are all better together. So, you know, uh, I really see the importance of community and everyone just collaborating together. Um, because I myself am a product of that, where I've mm. seen like really experienced sizos willing to spend time. Uh, when I was just fresh years ago into the industry, they're willing to spend some time with me and just imparting knowledge and just imparting that experience. And, and as a result of that, I'm now in a position where I'm able to share that and pass that on to. to you know, people um, in my current sphere of influence. So, um, yeah, I'm a big believer of like mentorship, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. if we seek out mentors actively, um, yeah, as a whole, we are better together. So that would be my positive message. (laughs) And yeah, in terms of, um, well, a lot of things, They've spoken to the size, so I mean quite a lot, they have shared a lot of interesting stories. So I even had a section in the book, um, and the title is like you did what? <laughs> so because that was uh, <laughs> very <pretty>
3: interesting.
2: <laughs> yeah, like learning from their mistakes made and you know, or like silly things that they see in an industry, and it's yeah, it's funny. But um I'm trying to think of like maybe one key thing that, that might be helpful to people would be um I think one one thing that stood out when I'm speaking to all of them um, is that they have somehow emphasized that it is important for them to learn how to master the art of storytelling when they are hmm. like talking to the stakeholders or even just articulating their message to people who have no knowledge of security uh, or just to their general employees, you know, across the different um, teams. And divisions so like it can be a very powerful tool if you learn how to master that um, and people buy into stories so um, yeah like i guess take time to think about how you can um
0: Develop- communicate your message in
2: a creative way yeah and and that's something that has been really effective um and it's been used really well by CISOs across industries and i've yeah spent quite a bit of time kind of put all their stories together as well. But maybe that will be another another time.
3: <laughs> well, or another yeah. book. You can actually write another <laughs> book just on see stories.
2: Oh, uh, yeah. I've put quite a few of it in the first book already. So, <laughs> yeah, maybe the next one.
3: Yeah. Bye. Fair enough. All right. We, we need we need to wrap up. Unfortunately, we have tons of other questions, but uh, maybe, maybe we do another session of this. I, I, I'd love this. Uh, thank you very much, Shamin, And thank you, everybody, for participating. Yeah, thank you, everyone
2: else, for your questions. And all really, really good. And yeah, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure.
3: Thank you, Shemin. Have a lovely day.
2: Yeah, you too. Well, it's my evening. You have a lovely day. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's the problem with time zone. <laughs>
2: I know, but it's my weekend coming up, so I'm
3: looking forward to that. All (laughs) All right, right. great stuff. Take care, Shemaine. Bye, everybody. We hope
0: you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, consider leaving us a review or sponsoring us on Patreon. It helps us bring on amazing guests and keep the podcast alive and free. Consider supporting us at www.patreon.com forward slash CSCP and watch other episodes at www.cybercloudpodcast.com.